בשם השם נעשה ונצליח. We know that this week we getting back on track, God willing. Please everybody pray next week we can get back to our Navi class, Yehoshua. Tonight we're doing the Zerah Shimshon on the Parashat Devarim. We're, we're beginning the fifth book of the Torah. And the Zerah Shimshon says here, complaining where, when life is good. It says, Ela Devarim, these are the words that Moshe spoke to all of Israel across the yard and in the wilderness, in the plain opposite the Yamsuf, between Paran and Tophel and, La- and Lavan. Chatserot and Dei Zahav. So, the um, Zerah Shimshon brings the Rashi, that Rashi says, I have looked through all of Scripture, Torah, Nevi'im, Ketuvim. There is no such place in the entire Tanakh as Tophel or Lavan. Lavan means white. So Rashi explains, according to the Rashbi, the great Rav Shimon Bar Yochai, that actually what's going on here is Moshe is chastising rebuking the nation of Israel and saying that you guys were slandering and complaining and defaming the manna, that glorious food that came from heaven. The manna, you were slandering it and you're saying it's a rotten food and unsubstantial. So, in other words, Moshe was giving rebuking, reprimanding the Jews in a hidden way. He was saying, you guys belittled the man. You know, the man is this magnificent food that parenthetically, by the way, it, um, the bra- what was the brachan man? I learned this from Rabbeinu Yaakov Hillel Shelita. He brings from the Ramam Ipano, the great Kabbalist from Italy. Baruch Atah Hashem Elokeinu Melech HaOlam HaMotzi Lechem Min HaShamayim. The Bracha Adman. The Jews many times complain about the manna. And Moshe in the beginning of the fifth book of Torah is saying, that's wrong. The essence of a Jew is to be grateful. Once we start complaining and looking at the cup, half empty, and saying, we've lost our whole mission in life. And Moshe is saying, why did you call the manna, which was white, a molded bread, an insubstantial food? Now, the Zerah Shimshon, the great Italian Kabbalist, by the way, one of the greatest books written by Art Scroll in the last... Here is the Zerah Shimshon. They translated this Italian Kabbalistic work. There's a special segula, merit. The author, Rabbi Yehuda Nachshoni, um, promises, Nachmani, I'm sorry, Shimshon Chaim Nachmani promises, since he didn't have children, whoever uh, studies, Shalom, Elijah, whoever studies his work, is going to get blessed with anything his heart desires. So, may Hashem fulfill all your heart's desires by learning the Zerah Shimshon. He says, 
why is it so important that the manna was called white? And Moshe Rabbeinu is so angry at the Jews for calling it unsubstantial food. We can understand, if you look in chapter 11 in Bamidbar, the fourth book of the Torah, the Torah says our bodies are dried out, for there is nothing at all. We have nothing but the manna to look at. So it says that, um, unfortunately, the Jews are very ungrateful. We tested God ten times in the desert. And one of a few of the times that God was super mad about us, as we called the heavenly bread, the manna, that was like a dew. We said that it's unsubstantial. Now the question that Zarashim Shon asks is, why were they seeking to find something negative about the most amazing food that ever existed in the history of mankind? By the way, parenthetically, the Jews did not have to go to the bathroom. For 40 years, whoever drank, ate the manna, since it was pure nutrition, they didn't have to go to the bathroom. Why do we have to go to the bathroom when we eat regular food? Because there's deficiencies in the food that our body can't absorb those nutrients. The, the manna was the most perfect food and it would, own, it, it would taste like any food you liked. You want it to taste like juja kebab or bar kebab or Jeff's Burgers. So why were the Jews always complaining about the texture of this food that is the most awesome food ever? So the answer is like this. We just learned this in the Dafyomi actually. In the Gemara Shabbat, it says that page 129, Kuf Amud Aleph, it says if somebody goes, you know, in ancient times it was very healthy. Like we get vaccines vaccinated nowadays. They used to, in ancient times, get bloodletting. They would uh, go to the uh, doctor or a special person and have their blood, a lot of blood removed from their body. They thought it was very healthy up to a few years ago. I think people do it in India and Middle East even nowadays. They, they um, bloodlet, so the, bu- blood, the body regenerates blood and they think it's very, very healthy. Now the thing is, the Gemara says it's very important that the day you do bloodletting, you have a piece of steak to rejuvenate the body, because obviously if anybody's ever donated blood, you know it makes the body very weak. So the Gemara says, the day that you do bloodletting, it's very important to have red wine and have some red meat, like steak, because the blood is in the soul, your soul is in your blood. Now that you had a bunch of blood removed from your body, it's appropriate to eat meat, which will give you the proper nourishment. This is what the Talmud says in Shabbat. And then the redness will revive the red blood. It'll give nutrition to your blood to develop again better. Now, 
we knew that the Jews were constantly very, very, unfortunately, they were very, very tired. In this week's parsha, that's the whole first passage of the Torah. They went from 40 different, they went 48 different places when the Jews were in the Midbar Sinai, in the Sinai Desert. So they were constantly exhausted. Traveling in a desert, even if they had air conditioning and all these different amazing um, luxuries, but they still got what? Drained. The reason why the Jews were complaining, this is a fascinating idea, is they felt they were in a similar category, similar boat, as somebody that had given their blood, bloodletting. So they said, we want something red, like wine, and something red like red meat, to rejuvenate our bodies from the endless journey that we have to go through the Sinai Desert. Now we understand what Moshe Rabbeinu was responding to their complaint. He said, your complaint is not valid. Why? Because first of all, the man would give you the taste of meat, so you would get those nourishment. It was the most nutritious and delicious food in the history of mankind. Moshe Rabbeinu was saying, you guys complained about a holy food Between Tofel and Lavan, he was stressing what the Gemara says in Ketubot. The Gemara in Ketubot, page 111, says that what's better? If you give a donation to a poor person, you give him steak, but you disgrace him, you say, you ugly loser, get away from me, take this hundred dollars and get lost. The Gemara in Ketubot says, we learn it from Yehuda, the blessing of... It says, it's worth more to a person, a smile, than a... When you smile, it's the color of milk. It's white. That's more important than the best delicacies. Because in Judaism, this is actually a halacha in Shulchan Aruch, that... Shlomo Leib, you're going to have to show, teach me how to share. I don't know how to share. The uh, we learn in Shulchan Aruch that the highest level of charity is if we don't embarrass the poor person. That's why the highest level of charity is that you don't know who you're giving to, and the person, poor person, doesn't know he's fr- who he's receiving from. But in a case where he solicits you for for money or food, it's more important that you give it with a smile than giving him the most biggest delicacies. Because it's not the quality of food that matters, it's how you give it. So the Gemara says that the whiteness, which is the color of milk, this is such a gorgeous idea. The reason why God, when He sent us the manna from heaven... The reason why he colored it white is because God is saying, I'm smiling at you. Like in Yom Kippur, he says, The great prophet Yeshaya, Isaiah says, If our sins are like crimson, are like scarlet, God will make them white like snow. See, nature, through nature, God talks to us. By making snow white, 
It means God is smiling at us and saying He loves us like a father. He, God could have made snow black, but by Him making it white, it's like a heavenly smile. Just like when we smile at each other, we see our teeth which are white. That's the same reason the Zerashim Shon says in this week's parsha, the man is referred to as Lavan, as the white food. So Moshe Rabbeinu is saying, in life we always have a chance to be see the cup half empty or half full. Moshe Rabbeinu is saying, it's true you guys are exhausted, and the Talmud says, in the oral Torah it says, red meat and red wine rejuvenates you. But why are you guys focusing that the, and complaining that the mana isn't red, because red is good for the blood, rather you should focus on the whiteness of the mana. Focus on how beautiful. Guys, this is one of the awesomest ideas I ever learned. God, when He creates the fruits, like one of my new favorite fruits are uh, passion fruit. It's a gorgeous red. Or my other favorite fruit is cherries and mangoes. There's a countless amount of rainbow colors in the fruits and in nature. This is God smiling at us. God could have created the world black and white. But Moshe Rabbeinu is telling the Jews, God is smiling at you when He says, sends you the man to say that He loves you. And now you're even complaining about that? So, that's what the idea is that there is never, never, life will never be perfect. But we have one choice in life. That one choice is always to see, look at the good. And I was actually talking to Shlomo Leib, which is watching. You know, my father passed away from the C word in his pancreas. But do we even realize that we have a pancreas and a liver? Every second, if you're able to see and you're not blind, which I'm sure, hopefully you're not, if you're watching this on Facebook Live with me, Millions of blood vessels, your heart, your liver, your pancreas, is going, everything is going perfectly for you to be alive. So focus on the good. And Adam below Yisurim. There's nobody in the world that doesn't have hardship. But Moshe Rabbeinu was telling the Jews, focus on this glorious thing that the manna is white and that God is smiling down upon you from heaven. The next idea the Zerashim Shon says is the change in the Musar narrative. We said, all these places mentioned in the first passage of this week's parsha. these are the words that Moshe spoke to all of Israel across the Yardin. So there's the place called Musuf, Paran, Tofel, Lavan, Chatserot, Dizahav. All these places are the places where the Jews sinned. And instead of chastising, reprimanding, rebuking, the Jews directly, Moshe Rabbeinu was alluding to their Averot because he didn't want to embarrass them. Guys, in life, if you have a problem with your spouse or with your children, your child needs love more than everything else. It says, make me, don't break me. A lot of times when we get angry, we have valid reasons to get angry, but instead of making the person, we break the person. Moshe Rabbeinu is teaching us in this week's parsha. he's giving a very gentle stroke 
and reminder to the Jews that listen, don't forget history. You guys sinned at the golden calf. You sinned at the manna, like we just said. You were ungrateful, which is the most fundamental and worst of all sins. You guys misuse your wealth. This is one of the hardest tests, like we said a few weeks ago in Parshat Korach. Dei Zahav is too much money. Instead of creating yeshivas and kolos and feeding the poor, you could misappropriate the money and think you're God. Ga'ava, which causes you to become haughty. That's what the Maharal says on this week's parsha. But the Zerashim Son asks a fascinating question. He says, if Moshe Rabbeinu is only hinting to the sins of the Jews in the first passage of the Torah, then it doesn't make any sense because later on in the Parsha, in the book of Devarim, he spells out black and white that you guys were big fat sinners at the sin of the golden calf and at the sin of complaining about the manna and all the other ten times we made God mad. So which is it? Is Moshe Rabbeinu trying not to embarrass them? Then... It's a contradiction to the rest of the Torah, which Moshe Rabbeinu doesn't hint to their sins. He says it very clearly and directly. So the Zerah Shimshon says a fascinating thing. He says if you look in the Talmud, in the Heilige Gemore, the Gemore says that, in Rabbi Nechemia says, there's a concept that says, Kol Yisrael Arevim which means all Jews are responsible. You are your brother's keeper. Which means every Jew is responsible for the other Jew. But when did this phenomenon occur? Only when the Jews were... We know three times in the Torah we had a Brit. We had a treaty with God. At the mountain of Sinai, when we accepted the Torah, again, in the... Arvot Moab, in the desert of Moab, and then right here when we were about to enter the land of Israel, before Moshe died. This was on the last day, this whole Devarim was written on the last week of Moshe's life. Moshe Rabbeinu only gave us this heavy yoke of every Jew being his brother's keeper, every Jew being his brother's guarantor, later on in the Parsha. So that's the fascinating idea that the Zerah Shimshon says. He says this point in the Torah where Moshe Rabbeinu is only hinting to their sins, the Jews did not have to be responsible for one another. They were only responsible for the public sins of the golden calf according to their participation in the sin. But it wasn't like the Talmud Yerushalmi says that Nowadays, we Jews are on the same boat. So one time there was a crazy guy, he was on a boat, he started drilling a hole. So everybody started, ganged up on him, and he said, what? I paid for my seat, I'm just drilling on my, under my own seat. He, they said, you mishugana, you crazy person. If you drill under your own seat, the whole boat is going to sink. That's the concept of each Jew being each other's guarantor. That concept was given later in this week's parsha. That's why in the beginning of the parsha, Moshe didn't want to embarrass the Jews. Why? Because God had not put the yoke of each one of us being our brother's keepers and guarantors yet. But later on, when each Jew, Moshe Rabbeinu demanded and commanded the Jews that you are your brother's keeper, 
Kol Yisrael Aravim Zelazet. Then later on in this fifth book of the Torah, in Devarim, Moshe Rabbeinu is very direct to them. He doesn't beat around the bush. The reason why Moshe Rabbeinu is only being very gentle in the beginning of the parsha, the Zerah Shimshon says, is because the Jews had not accepted the concept of Arevut, of being responsible for, for one another yet. So we wish everybody a very meaningful nine days. Don't forget, you're not allowed to have meat anymore till Shabbat. And may this be the last year that we have to fast and keep the nine days. It should be turned into the birthday of the two Mashiachs. As we said in our previous classes, be well and have a wonderful Shabbat. Thank you for watching, everybody.